All right. It's very weird looking around and only seeing a few people, so I guess I'm supposed to talk to the camera the whole time. Um, well, my name is Shannon. I'm um, Aaron's wife, and he is homesick, and so he sends his greetings, and it's very hard for him to be alone in isolation for this long, but it's only a few more days, right? Um, I just want to say hello to everyone online because I know that you guys are all watching from home on Kauai and actually from all over um, probably the world because we do have people that watch from other countries. Um, but I know my parents are watching, so hello to Vancouver, Washington, and my family in California is watching. So hello to all of you, and that just puts more pressure on me. But um, it's been a crazy week. So Monday, I actually had a fall out of a chair. It's a long story. If you want to hear it, ask my children. They're laughing. And I fell on my back, but I didn't really hurt my back, but it kind of triggered um, my headaches back in the back of my head. And so that made it kind of frustrating in the beginning of the week. Um, and then Aaron got COVID, and so it's just been quite a week. And um, I remember thinking when he tested positive, who's going to preach on Sunday? I'm like, maybe we'll just have a worship service and just worship the whole time. And um, maybe someone will step up and want to preach. I said, you know, may God can speak to someone. And I said, it's because it's not going to be me. And I, you know, I really thought that. I even told Aaron, I'm not, I'm not preaching. And I have nothing. There's nothing that I want to say um, that, you know, I could write a whole message about. And so I was very determined. Well, then on Friday, God had a sense of humor. And he said, no, you are going to preach. I was driving in the car alone. And I just felt him say that to me. And, you know, I like to make sure that I heard that right. And so I argue and say, God, I don't have a message. I'm not speaking. And um, when I got home, he just began to download just this message into my heart and my spirit. And I just kept writing. And uh, when I wrote it all, you know, just random notes all down, I, I texted it to Aaron. And I was like, I'm obedient to God. I'm texting this to you. And his response is, so are you auditioning for Sunday? And I said, oh. You know, I still didn't say yes. I said, why don't you pray about it and see what God says? And, um, of course, that whole day I just kept um, getting more thoughts and just kind of making the message come more alive. And it was quite a day of me fighting and arguing with God about it. But in the end, I surrendered and said, God, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to give a word. And I don't have a lot of time to practice it. I don't have a lot of time to even maybe craft it into the message I would want it to be exactly. But God knows that. And God spoke it to me. So I'm going to be faithful and I'm going to speak it to you guys. And um, yeah. So hopefully you got your notes. We, they were emailed out to you. And they are, well, I don't think they're, they're not online. They're on the app. So if you have the church app, you can look them up there. But if not, just get a piece of paper out and write things down that God speaks to you. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. Uh, this week we've, or these last few weeks, we've been doing the book of Exodus. And um, I love the story of the Israelites and their journey and the plagues and all of the stuff, the parting of the Red Sea. It's, I just have always loved that story. And so reading it these last few weeks have just been so good. And um, through it, God's really shown me how much our lives really we can compare to the Israelites. And so that's what we're going to kind of talk about is the wise of the Israelites, the Exodus is full of them, wise, like why God, why God, and our lives are full of why gods, even with this pandemic and things going on, I'm, I'm sure you're like me, and we ask God why a lot, why, why are we going through this, you know, we, we follow all the protocol, we, we, you know, get our vaccines, but why are we still getting sick, you know, why are still people dying, and we have those kind of questions, and I feel like that God can speak to us through the Israelites' journey and what they went through to help us understand 
understand not the answers to those whys, but what we can do with those whys. So um, I'm going to probably have to read a lot from my notes just because I don't have, you know, I haven't had a lot of practice. So if I look down a lot, I'm sorry. But the top of our notes, I put the Israelites were on a journey and they were on a journey to the promised land. God's purpose was going to happen, but they got to decide their attitudes along the way. It even says he was testing them. He knew the long journey ahead, and he wanted them to be prepared. So they were on their way. They're on a journey. And I feel like we're all on a journey, right? We're all on a journey in our lives to, to something. And um, we get to decide every day when we wake up what kind of attitude we're going to have, if we're going to be in a good mood, if we're going to be cranky, if we're going to kind of just be a little bit complaining a lot that day. It's our decision, and God gives us that decision. And I'm not a morning person, so I am more on the side of being a little cranky in the morning. And I have to really, really fight that and to push through that and decide, no, I'm going to have joy today. I'm going to be happy. And after a few cups of coffee, I'm, I'm great. But um, I have to choose that every day, and we all do. And so I want to start off by just kind of reading a lot of scripture. I just kind of want to get us to the place of understanding what the Israelites went through, because there's a lot of stories in there, and I just want to pick out a few. And um, I encourage you, we're going to, I'm not reading all of Exodus 5 through 17. That would take us the whole time. But I want you to, if you haven't read it with our Rooted group, our Rooted, um, go back and read it. Study the, the stories. And even if you have read it with Rooted, maybe go back to these specific ones and kind of uh, just see what God wants to speak to you. But we're going to start off in Exodus 5, and it's when Moses is actually going to Pharaoh, and he is, you know, asking to be let go, and the people to be let go, and to go worship in the wilderness. And um, he was probably pretty, like... I know he was nervous, but they were, the Israelites were like, finally, we're going to be set free. And he goes, and it's not the response that they want. Pharaoh kind of gets a little frustrated, and he's like, you know, you're, you're going to come and say these kind of things? I'm just kind of summarizing it, but you're distracting the people from what they're supposed to do, so I'm going to make it harder. I'm going to make them have to make the same amount of brick, but they're going to have to get all their own straw, and they're going to do it even harder. And the people got kind of irritated and mad at uh, Moses. They're like, look what happened. Why, why is this happening? Why are we being punished for you going and asking? And in Exodus 5, 22 through 23, this is what Moses said to God. He says, Then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, Why have you brought all this trouble on your own people, Lord? Why did you send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh as your spokesman, he has been even more brutal to the people, and you have done nothing to rescue them. So he was really crying out to God. God, why? Well, we know that the plagues happened after that, and they started um, going through them. And it, it was interesting. I'm not going to read all the plagues, but uh, if you ever study those, it's really fascinating. I love history, and I love studying the time period. And um, so I go in and you know read the Egyptian history and study it, and it's, it's really interesting. So I encourage you to do that. But right in the middle of all the plagues. That's the scripture I want to read because it was, it kind of stuck out to me because it says in 822 through 23, but this time, this is God speaking through Moses to Pharaoh, I will spare the region of Goshen where my people live. No flies will be found there. So this is right before the plague of the flies. Then you will know that I am the Lord and that I am present even in the heart of your land. I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will happen tomorrow. So you see, 
the Israelites had to go through some of the plagues. They had to go through the first half, and they had to experience them. And they probably cried out to God a lot. Why? Why are we suffering too, God? You're supposed to be rescuing us, but why are we suffering? And we know they made it through it, and they were set free, and they, um, they went, you know, started marching away, and Pharaoh kind of got a little like, oh, look what I did. I, I shouldn't have done that. And he got his army and chased after them. And the Israelites were a little scared because here comes this giant army after them, and they just were, they're like, why, God? Why, why is this happening? And Exodus 14 10 through 12, it says, as Pharaoh approached, so this is Pharaoh coming to the Israelites, who they're, they're kind of stuck. They're between Pharaoh and his army and the Red Sea. The people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. They cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave of Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. I mean, that's, they were pretty, they were pretty honest. They, you know, they, they cried out and they said, God, why? Why are you doing this? Pretty much, let us go back to Egypt. But we know the, the story continues and God came down and parted the Red Sea and they walked through it and, um, and then Pharaoh tried to chase after them and the sea closed up on them and killed them all. And... Um, not long after that, we get to chapter 17, or 16, sorry, and the people were hungry. So they probably have eaten all the food that they brought with them, and there wasn't much around them, or they're in a wilderness, and so um, there's, you know, lots of cactus and lots of things like that, so not a lot of food. And they started complaining again. God, you know, where's the food? And so in Exodus 2, 16, 2 through 3, this says, there, too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses. The whole community, not just like a few people. They all complained to Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. I know I moan a lot, right, when you moan and complain. There, there we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. I doubt their life in Egypt was that wonderful. I didn't think they sat around and ate a whole bunch of meat and bread. But, you know, when you're hungry and they're, you know, what they're going through, they kind of, you kind of exaggerate and you kind of get like that. And we know that God came down and um, gave them manna, which was just something that appeared on the ground and they were able to grind it up and eat it. And it it's, uh, tasted kind of like honey cakes, I guess. And then also the quail came and so God provided for them again. Well, then one chapter later, they're thirsty. It's like, come on, people. But they probably didn't have any more water around them. And um, even after a day or two of probably just even a day of not having water, your mouth is dry, especially when you're in the wilderness and it's hot and you're wandering. And they kind of got complaining again. And in verses 2 through 3 of 17, it says, So once more the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me? And why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children, and our livestock with thirst? So many whys, right? There's, there's always something to complain about. There's always something that we wonder why is happening. And I think like the Israelites, we're kind of like them. We were stuck in Egypt. Our Egypt was our life before Jesus. Um, we were slaves to our sin. 
And now we're on a journey, right? And our journey, I think, to the promised land is our journey to eternity with Jesus. That's our promised land. We have eternity with him. And the key difference between us and the Israelites, though, and this is big, is that we have Jesus, that Jesus has come. And so we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we walk on our journey, we're not alone. And um, once we get past, you know, the Egypt part and we're set free and we have salvation, we can go directly to him. We don't have to go to Moses or to the priests or offer sacrifices in that way. We can go directly to him with our whys, with our questions. We can have a conversation. Like I told you, I argued with God. I didn't want to speak today. I, I didn't, and I argued with him, and it doesn't make me a bad person. God wants me to communicate with him. He wants me to, to talk to him just like um, I talk to my husband. He wants me to, to talk to him in that relationship. So what is God trying to teach us on this journey that we're going on? Um, I wanted to read, I know I've already read a lot of scripture, but I love scripture and we all should, but I wanted to read a few from the New Testament because I feel like Paul really understood this journey that we were on and he, um, there's so many good examples, but I just picked a few that God really um, highlighted for me. And this is in Romans 5, 3, and this is Paul speaking. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. So God's trying to teach us endurance through our trials and our tribulations and things that we're going on. Endurance to keep going. He, and then he says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10, says each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in, you, in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness, so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He's trying to teach us how that, that his grace is enough. He said earlier in 2 Corinthians that we are oppressed on every side by troubles, um, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. I love that picture of being knocked down, but we're not destroyed. We can get back up and we can keep going because we have him with us. You know, life happens, sickness happens. We'll never understand the whys. I don't think we'll ever really get to the point of being fully understanding until we get to that promised land and we get to heaven. Um, but we have a way to communicate with God and to talk to him, and we get that peace from him through those times and those whys and those seasons. I want to break down in our notes, um, why did God allow the Israelites to struggle during Exodus, during that chapter? Why did he allow it? I mean, he could have just delivered them in a glorious way and them all of them been happy and joyful, and he could have done it that way, but he didn't. And so I just want to break down those scriptures that we read earlier, and these are the, this is the part of your, the notes with the fill in the blanks. The first one is punishment for asking to leave. So punishment. Um, and these are my thoughts. These aren't like... I didn't get this like from a book that of a you know a theologian or anything. These are just what God I, spoke to me. So they're not like, um, you know, something amazing. They're 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 personal for me, but I felt like God wanted to make them for you too. So um, I said maybe God allowed things to get harder. So the punishment before gaining freedom to stir up His people to be ready to leave. He had to make them uncomfortable. Um, sometimes we get so stuck in our ways that we miss out what, on what God wants to do through us. 
that's our comfort zone. We all have our, our, our bubble, our, our zone that we're really comfortable in. And going outside of that for most people is, it's very hard. And it's, it's challenging. And um, even today, that's, this is outside of my comfort zone to, you know, write a message in a few days and speak it. Uh, but I'm faithful to do it. And so I know that God is going gonna, is gonna to grow and he's going to touch people's lives through it. And so for the Israelites, he kind of needed to stir them up. They needed to, to get uncomfortable being slaves. They needed to see, again, how bad it was so that they were ready to leave. And so I feel like that was what God was doing to them. And I, I feel like God does that to us, too. He kind of stirs things up because there's so much more past our comfort zone that he wants to do. The second one is the plagues. And I said maybe God allowed them to go through some of the plagues to see the difference and really understand his power. The Israelites knew what it was like to go through them, and they knew what they were, you know, to be to be free from these these plagues. And I mean, that was probably pretty dramatic to go from having frogs in your house to, you know, not going through everything else that the people were around them were going through all throughout Egypt. And when I thought of that, I thought of my own life and my walk and my journey with God and my seasons of depression when. I look at those, I kind of can see the difference. I know the, the darkness of depression. I know how ugly and horrible it is, but then I also know the goodness of God and being free of it. And I don't know why I have to keep going through it, but I do know that because I've gone through it, I can help others go through it. And when they are in their darkest times, when they are really not thinking that they're ever gonna get out of it, and they're at you know even death's door, they. I can show them, you know, or I can share with them what my journey has been like, and I can say, no, there's, there's, there's a light after, you know, at the end of the tunnel. You're going to get through this. And um, so because I've seen both sides, and I think a lot of us can relate to that in different areas of your life. If you've gone through something health-wise, if you've gone through cancer, if you've gone through grief of losing someone, you, you, you've seen the difference, and you can um, help other people walk through it. In Psalms 23.4, this is one of my favorite verses. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are the close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Another version says, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. And that's, for me, I think of depression. And you can fill in the blank. Even though I walk through the valley of, you know, whatever that blank is, I fear no evil. You are with me. He comforts us through those times. What about the chasing? I thought that was kind of fun sounding, the chasing. They were chased and hunted down. I said, maybe God allowed them to be chased to show them that the enemy was destroyed and they didn't have to fear Egypt any longer. The past was left under the water. And the first thing that came to my mind when I was thinking that is... Um, have you ever had a spider or a bug in your room at night when you're going to bed? And you cannot turn the light off because you need to find it and you need to kill it and you need to see a body before you can go to sleep because you can't sleep with that bug crawling around. And, and I know I'm not the only one. I know my husband was like that as a child. He kills the bugs now, but he would not go to sleep. I know I heard stories from his mother. Um, and I, I kind of picture that. We need to see it. And Sometimes there's things in our lives that need to die. Maybe not, I mean, not people. We don't need people to die. That's not what I mean. Um, but maybe habits. 
Maybe we need to cut people off in that we don't need them in our lives anymore. We need to make a distinction like you are part of my past and I can't be with you because you pull me down or whatever it may be. You have to kind of make that distinction. And for me, when I was a teenager, it was music. I loved pop music. Go in sync. My kids make fun of me. But I was a huge music fan of of any kind of pop music. I love going to concerts. I love going to music award shows. Um, I did it all. And God kind of made that dis that that not that I was living in sin or anything, because sometimes it's not a sin that we need to cut off and we need to, to let go of, but I needed to let go of that music because it was holding me back from what God wanted to do in my life. And so I actually didn't just stop listening to the music. I actually broke all my CDs. If you don't know what that is, they were round circles that we listen to music on. Um, I know everything's digital now, but um, I broke them all. And it was in a matter of just one night, and I just kind of felt like God told me to do that. And it was after a season of fasting and praying that I did it. And I was only a senior in high school, and um, I remember our youth pastor had this big cross that he made. And if you had CDs that were broken, you could bring them in, and we were gluing them to the cross. And so that's where I got the idea from, of course, to break them. And we, would, we glued them all over this cross because we were laying them down um, at the cross, and we were going full after God. And... Um, I just remember I needed to see those broken CDs. I needed to see it, and I needed to give it up. And so sometimes we need to see the death of something in our own lives. And then hunger and thirst is the next one. Maybe God allowed them to hunger and thirst to get them to depend on him more, to bring out the built-up anger and bitterness. And the notes I put, wow. <laughs> to bring out the built-up anger and bitterness. That's a hard one. I mean, we don't... We don't want to go through struggles to bring things out of us. But God did that with the Israelites because, look, they complained every time they had to go through that, and I think that they needed to get that out. God reminded me of a story when I was writing this part that I, I really didn't even remember too well until he brought it to my mind of when we were really struggling financially and um, going, we had probably been two or three months without a paycheck, and it was, it was really tight. And I wanted to, you know, provide good meals for my kids. They were little, and, um, you know, the one thing you don't think about is when you don't have a lot of money is to buy produce, because that's expensive, you know, f fancy breads, things like that. And I heard about a program that was giving away um, produce boxes and fresh bread, kind of like what they do here in Kauai and from local farms and bakeries. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to go stand in line and get one of those. And it was at, I think, a church or something. I went to two different ones. And um, you have to stand in line and wait, and only the first so many people get it. So I would get there early. And um, I think one of the times I had both my kids with me, and so that was challenging because they were probably only maybe three and five, maybe. And that was just when I had Rachel and Andrew. And I remember before this, sit, or standing there in line and looking around at all these people around me, and God just really humbled me, and he really reminded me that I used, not that I thought that I was better than these people, but I never thought that I would ever go to that level, that I would ever go stand in line and wait for food. That, that's not me. I, I don't have to do that. And it was a very humbling experience, and I saw these people through different eyes. I saw them through the same eyes, like they were the, just like me. I began to talk to them and hear their stories and realize that they're just, they're just struggling. They just need food, they wanna provide for their family, that they're, you know, they love their families and um, it just broke my heart for the people that are going through that. And I feel like God took me to that, that place to do that, that he took me there so that I could care about people more and that I could, um, 
just understand their walk and what they're going through. It says in John 6.35, this is Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So, yes, he wants to provide for us, you know, physically, but he also wants to provide for us spiritually that he is the bread of life and that we have that to give to others. We, may, we have food to give. Yes, we, we love to do that as a church, but we also have the bread of life, with, which is Jesus to give, and that's so important in our walk to, to not just worry about meeting physical needs, but also help people meet their spiritual needs too. Um, he doesn't want us to hunger and thirst for physical or spiritual. And you know, God never promised a peaceful, perfect life. You don't become saved and think that everything's gonna be wonderful and um, you're gonna never have sickness or trouble or anything like that. Life's dangerous. It's just, it's the, light, the, the world we live in and we're surrounded by it, but um, we have a promise of eternity and we have a promise of salvation and with him, to be with him forever, that's our true victory, right? That's what we, we are living life towards. We're not living it to make ourselves happy and to, to always get what we want. Um, it's really not about that. It's about, about eternity and telling others the same thing, that it's not about life here on earth. It's about eternity. So what am I going to do on my journey? So the next part of our notes, I'm just kind of giving you some thoughts of as we're on this journey, as we're on this walk towards the promised land, what can we do? And what does God want to do through us? And I feel like he says trust. That's the number one, trust. I know that he's in control. I'm going to lean on him for my strength, and I'm going to draw close to him. And, of course, we talk about the secret place here at church and about spending your time with the Lord, but to really trust him, to not just say you trust him, but to trust him. In Isaiah 40, 31, I know in your notes I, I, I put it twice because it is one of my favorite scriptures, so I really want you to read it. It says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on e wings of eagles, wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Isn't that beautiful? We'll find new strength when we trust in him. And then also in Isaiah, in 41.10, says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up, hold you up with my victorious right hand. Another one, we don't have to be afraid. We can trust him. And then in Psalm 73.26, My health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak. But God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. My health may fail. We, we're going to, you know, have sickness. We might get COVID. We might get the flu. We might get strep. We might get cancer. But you know what? God remains the strength of us. Even through those sicknesses, even through those times, he's victorious in the end, right? And so we need to trust. That's number one. And number two is evaluate evaluate. Ask him to reveal anything that is holding me, you back or me back. Evaluate your life. And we're good at like kind of evaluating ourselves, but what about asking him to evaluate our life? Ask him to reveal things that maybe that we need to get rid of. Maybe it's not a sin. There's maybe things in our lives that um, aren't holding us back that way, but it's just something that's, that we shouldn't be doing. Or we shouldn't, we need to the kind of prune. And in John 15, 1 through 2, it says, I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do not bear fruit, so they will produce even more. 
it's painful, but when we're pruned and when God works things out of our lives that maybe don't, doesn't need to be there, we get stronger and um, we can do more for him and we're able to, um, to bear fruit that maybe we wouldn't have been able to bear before. And you know, we have a lot of trees here on the property and we do have to prune them and when we don't, they kind of get out of control and yes, they get a lot of fruit, but it's not always good fruit and it kind of can sometimes overtake the tree and it could hurt the tree. Um, so I think that asking God to reveal what we need to work on and prune in our lives is so important and to not just be comfortable, like we said, and stick with the same thing that we're always doing because he might, he wanted, might be wanting to work things out in our lives. So evaluate with him, with God. And number three is press on. And we can't let the whys stop us from what God has called us to do. We might need a break for a time, but we need to get back in the fight. Sometimes when we go through a, a season of really hard things or just um, overwhelming things, if it's depression or sickness, whatever it is, sometimes we, just, we do need a break and we just kind of need to kind of take a deep breath, reset our lives, reset everything around us, and that's okay. We, it, it's okay, and, and I think some people need to hear that today, that it's okay to take a break sometimes. But we can't stay in that break. We can't stop our walk and what God wants to do because there's so much more that he wants to do through you in your life. And so we gotta get back in the fight. We've got, even if it's scary, even if it's painful, we just, we gotta get back and we gotta do what God's called us to do. And I love the story in Deuteronomy 31.6. It's Joshua who's um, God speaking to. He said, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. They were about to go into war. And do not panic before them, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. You see, Joshua had to still go into the battle and fight, but he had this promise. You know, God could have wiped him out, the army out, and not made Joshua fight, but God wanted him to go into that battle, and he wanted him to fight still, but he wanted to go with them. And he gave him that promise that I'm going to be with you, I'm going to be in front of you, and I'm going to be fighting for you. And so we still have to go into battle. We still have to do things and fight through things, but we're not alone. And we learned that a few weeks ago that even when things are crazy, we have that peace inside of us because we're not alone because he's walking through it with us. And one of our um, verses that we're kind of going on this year is Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. He has plans for each and every one of you. No matter what your journey is, no matter um, who you are, he has a plan for you and he wants to do things through you and touch people's lives that only you can touch um, with the gospel even. And so I just want to encourage you that you all are masterpieces and you all have something to give. And so we need to keep fighting and keep pressing in. Um, it says, we are all on our own journey, an exodus from our past towards eternity. God delivered us, but we get to decide what kind of trip it'll be. And during worship, he reminded me of a vision I had once of, I was walking through a desert, kind of like a wilderness, and I remember seeing other people around me on their own. They were like on paved, beautiful paths and walking together, laughing and happy, and I was all alone on my own. And then I was, you know, I had the rougher path. And I was like, God, this is not fair. Why can't I just go join them? And um, he showed me that through my path, there was treasures and there was um, blessing and things on that that those people didn't have. They had their own. They had their own life and their own 
things that God wanted to do in them, but my journey and my path had something special for me. And I just want to encourage you that this morning, that if you think, this isn't fair, my life is so much harder than other people, just remember that God has something special for you on that journey and on that path, and that you need to pursue him and ask him to show you what that is and to just um, to walk life with him. So I just want to end it. The worship team can come back up. And first off, I just want to say, I want to speak. I always want to do this at any time I speak, that if you're still in your Egypt, if you've heard this, you're like, I'm not on that journey yet. I'm still stuck in my sin. I'm still stuck in Egypt being a slave. Um, how do I get out of that? I just want to encourage you that if, you're, if, you, if you feel like you're at that place and you have not asked Jesus to be Lord of your life, that you surrender to him. Even right now in your bedroom, it doesn't, you don't have to be here at church. You can be right in your home if you're with your family or if you're alone. doesn't matter. That you can just cry out to him and you can ask him to, it says if we confess with our mouths and believe with our hearts. So if you could just confess to him that, you, that he is the Lord of your life. And um, I just want to encourage you to do that and to call someone if you know someone that is a Christian or if you want to email us at the church, call us at the church, reach out to us, however it is. But don't stay stuck in Egypt. And, and if you're on your journey, don't go back to Egypt either. Keep going. Keep staying strong. And what I just want to say is that there's lots of whys. Life is really hard right now, and I just, wanna, I just wanted to give this message just to encourage you on this journey that it's, 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 we're going to keep going. We're going to get through this, and, but then there's going to be more stuff, I'm sure, that's going to happen. But we're in this together, and I, I picture our journeys like we're going together, and we kind of intertwine with other people, and people come in our lives, they leave our lives, but we kind of go through life together. And as a church, we're kind of going together through this. And so let's stay strong together as a church. Let's say, let's, um, when we're able to meet again, I know we're all at home right now, but when we are able to meet again, let's come together. We're going to be doing this series about all in and just how important it is to be all in together. And I know this was a break from that series, but this kind of goes along with it that we need to keep going. We need to press on. We need to keep fighting for what God wants to do in our lives and through us and to see what, what he wants to do. So be encouraged today. Um, enjoy your time with your family. Be safe. Stay healthy. If you need any prayer, reach out to us at the church, and we are definitely, we would pray for you and with you. Um, but yes, God bless you guys.